Hello, welcome to season two, episode five of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today we have a great episode for you. There's the NBA has finally started, and the MLB is still going strong for the timing. And the NFL, we haven't talked about this in a while, and I think it's time. Should it even come back? And if it does, how in the world will that happen? Also, an amazing story that defies all stereotypes that you've ever heard. And a birthday of a crazy person who maybe shouldn't be celebrated, but it's still pretty funny. Now, let's get started. We just saw the NBA come back last night. Andrew, what are your biggest takeaways from the games last night? Well, my biggest takeaways is that this is that these eight games before the playoffs are going to be amazing. And last night, both games came right down to the way with one team up by two. In both games, the other team gives the ball to one of the best players. They take it down. They shoot a three. They miss. But was the foul? No, it was not. That is how both games ended. One team losing by two. Just a great game. The Lakers beat the Clippers by only two points, and the Jazz beat the Pelicans by only two points. And then the Jazz versus Pelicans, five players got over 20 points. And you might be guessing, uh, it was probably at least Zion, Gobert, some other guys. But no, it was Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and Donovan Mitchell. Neither Zion or Gobert got over 20 points. Zion, I mean, some people do think that he should be getting at least 20 points, but he only played about 15 minutes, so not really that surprising. But Gobert, I mean, yeah, he's not a huge points guy, but I don't know, for one of the best players, 20 points isn't that much. But someone on that list that I was not expecting to hear, and that I don't think anyone even knows who they are, is Jordan Clarkson. And off the bench, he got 23 points. And I just feel like if he is on the bench for the Pelicans, or sorry, for the Jazz, I just feel like that could help them a ton. And when you have two starters and one guy on your bench scoring 20 points a game, that could really, really help you. Ryan, what is one huge takeaway you got out of the Lakers-Clippers game? Well, personally, I just have to feel like LeBron did not really do that amazingly. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still LeBron. He's still the king. But just on offense, it just didn't feel like the same LeBron that I've seen before. I don't know. It just didn't really feel like I was really watching, as some people say, the best of all time. I feel like I was more just watching a guy that was pretty far past his prime and just not really that amazing. Yeah, I do agree. LeBron didn't look great. But Anthony Davis, his sidekick, the power forward, was amazing. 34 points. And... Some people didn't even think that Anthony Davis would be playing tonight because he had an eye injury in camp. But I know that my eyes were not injured watching Anthony Davis. 34 points. Just, he was unstoppable. No one could stop him. Dunk after dunk after mid-ridge. And here in Charlie Coppola long boss. And oh yeah, those were good to watch. And Anthony Davis, I just feel like if we can continue this, we can get LeBron up to... Up to playing like LeBron again with 30 points, 40 points a game, that Lakers team could cruise into the finals. And a lot of people know that the main teams are the Lakers and the Clippers in the West to win it. The Lakers beat the Clippers without even LeBron scoring 20 points. The Lakers 
might end this in a couple of days. Now, let's move on to the NFL. Ryan, we know that the NBA and MLB are trying out very different ways to return the NBA in a bubble, and the MLB just trying to limit travel and limit everyone touching. Ryan, if the NFL returns, which one do you think it should go with? Personally, I've just got to go a bubble. I mean, they have to say that players will get the coronavirus. I mean, what there are five offensive linemen, sometimes even seven, and four to six defensive linemen, all standing there breathing hard and hard, and they're there for probably 15 seconds per time. And that time is happening I'd have to, and that happens every single play, but just switching per team. And I'd say that that has to happen maybe 150 times per game. So 150 times, there are six people all within, say, a good 10 feet, all breathing extremely hard. I feel like you just got to give that up. And also in the MLB, the teams are pretty small. And in the NBA, the teams are even smaller. But in the NFL, on the field per time, there's like... 14 people and on the bench there's maybe 40 people that's like 50 people to 60 people on the bench and there are 30 teams that's like 200 people in all I mean that's like tons of there's 32 teams and that is just so many people there that this could get so out of control if there is an outbreak I mean personally I just think they have to Play in a bubble, and also I like what the MLB is doing where they're saying you only play a certain amount of teams. You don't play every single team, even if that's what you're supposed to do. In the NFL, maybe you only play your division, or maybe you only play these five different teams. So I feel like you got to go in a bubble, and you got to try to be the safest possible. Yeah, I feel like the NFL, if they want to come back, just got to go in the bubble. So I no way to social distance. Yeah, there are a lot of people, but that's... That's what we have to think about. That's why people have to really think long, long and hard about this. Now, Van, we know that the MLB season has just started, and it's only about a weekend, but it's never too early to start thinking about to start thinking about awards. Let's think about who will win the Rookie of the Year. Van, who do you think it would go to if the season ended very soon? Well, there are a lot of worthy candidates, but I just have to go White Sox slugger outfielder Luis Robert. He has hit many, many home runs. And his average isn't amazing, but it's still great. And against the Twins, he had a home run. And yes, it was against Randy Dovinock, but Randy Dovinock is a decent pitcher. And Luis Robert is an amazing player who I think is more than deserving of the Rookie of the Year honors this year. Andrew, I know you don't agree with me, but who do you think? Yeah, I do agree Robert's good. But I feel like on the hitting side, I just have to go Kyle Lewis. He is tearing it up for the Mariners. And he hit a home run off of, not Dobnak, not the Twins pitching, but Justin Verlin. Sadly, he's now out of the season. But but that's beside the point. He hit a home run off of reigning Cy Young Award winner. And Lewis has been doing great after that first game, hitting great averages, doubles, in singles, and walks, and just great. But if it's not a hitter, the pitcher that would have to be rookie of the year is Los Angeles Dodgers rookie pitcher Dustin May. On opening day, he pitched a great game against, yes, the Giants, but still, the Giants, Mike Yastrzemski has been doing great, and the Giants have some okay hitters who could have really given Dodgers a scare without Clayton Kershaw, but Dustin May 
made up for him, and some people may think he will go on to be the next Clayton Kershaw or Walker Buehler. And in his last start against the Astros, May pitched a great game, just shutting them down. And I feel like he is one of the top pitching prospects right now. Now, still on the topic of the MLB, the Twins last night had a heartbreaking loss to the Indians, where no, it didn't come down to the wire, but there was only one ball of offense yesterday. The Francisco Lindor two-run home run very early in the game. And that was all it took for the Twins to get the loss. Twins couldn't put up another run that game, and neither could the Indians. Jose Brios pitched a great game, only giving up two runs, but it's nothing compared to the Indians. It's Shane Bieber, who went eight innings, 14 strikeouts. 14! That's just, like, it's just, like, unfair that he hits the pitch. Like, it's, I, there are just no words. He is just so good. So, sorry, Twins. Hopefully we get it We get it done tonight against Indian second pitcher, Mike Clevenger. Twins are throwing on the hill tonight. Randy Dobna. Hopefully that's a good game. And, again, go Twinkies. Now, here's Ryan with a great story about a great NFL player by an even greater person at heart. Ryan. Yes. Well, when you think of a football player, and a really good one at that, you think of, oh, this big, strong guy who's probably not very smart. Just went to parties all the time. Didn't really care about his family. Didn't really care about his friends. Didn't care about his teammates. All he wanted was the money. The money in the winning. And he really was not that smart. But all of that could not be farther from the truth with Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman is an amazing person at heart. He was born in California in 1976. In middle school, he took out football because of his fairly good strength and size for his age. He was the captain of his team in middle school, and in high school, he played catcher on the baseball team. Though, pretty quickly, he decided to stick with football. He was always an amazing person. He always put others' needs before his own. He also loved his family very much and had a special connection with all of them. He was always risking everything for them. In college, he played linebacker at Arizona State University. In 1997, he was voted the best player at his position in his division. He was extremely smart and posted a very, very impressive GPA for an athlete and won even some awards for his solid grades. He declared for the 1998 NFL Draft and was selected by the Arizona Cardinals with the 226th pick in the draft, which is in the middle of the very last round of the draft which is the seventh round. Even though he wasn't looking to be very good or good at all, Tillman quickly climbed to one of the most elite defenders in the entire league. And I think in his second season, he was offered a ton of money. But he would leave his team and go to a much better team. But he turned it down. He stayed loyal to the Arizona Cardinals, even though they're paying him less money. Because that was his team, his town, his city. He wasn't going to sell them out just for more money. He didn't play football for the money. He played it for the town, for the fans, and because he just loved the game. I know. Sounds like a great person, right? In Though, in 2000, Tillman made the all-star team for the NFL, which is in the NFL called the Pro Bowl. And it was amazing that year. And in the offseason of 2002, he was offered a very, very long contract with the Cardinals for tons of money for, I think, $3.6 million. 
But if you remember what was happening in June or July of 2002, it was just eight short months after the September 11th attacks on the country that um, Tillman loved so dearly. And he knew that when his country was in danger, he could not just sit around and play football. He knew that he had to fight for the country that he loved so much. So him and his brother both decided to declare for the U.S. Army. And after long and hard training in 2004, they were both deployed to Afghanistan to watch over some troops and just make sure that all things were okay. And there wasn't supposed to be any real danger. But sadly, when one of um, their fellow Army men thought he heard gunshots, he started firing his gun rapidly, very um, carelessly, and sadly killed Tillman. It was very, very sad what happened to Tillman. And after his family was notified, they were very sad because Tillman was an amazing person on and off the field. He is known as one of the best professional athletes of all time off the field, being extremely smart, caring, and loyal to everyone. He wasn't like most other people. He wasn't, he, he cared about his education. He cared about his family and friends. He cared about his country. He stayed loyal to everyone he met. And he was just taken too soon. Tillman was a great person who could have done so many amazing things, but just never got the chance. Tillman will always be remembered as a fallen hero who will be loved by everyone. Now here's Andrew with the birthday of the day, one of the craziest human beings of all time. Andrew, thanks, Ryan. Today, July 31st, it's the birthday of the Mavericks owner. You, you probably don't know him, but you will after I tell you this hilarious story. His name is Mark Cuban. And most... And most owners of almost every sport are millionaires. But millionaires is an understatement. Mark Cuban is a billionaire. He is so rich. One of the richest person in the world and of all time. He has so much money. And it really, sometimes it goes to his head. Cuban has done some really crazy things. And is known for always wanting attention. But... Nothing tops his stunt on April 1st, 2003. Yep, April 1st, April Fool's Day, which is kind of like every day for Cuban, but this day he really went all out. The Mavericks were playing the New Orleans Hornets in New Orleans, and Cuban came onto the court um, during the game and saw one of the refs. And he kind of started arguing with him about a call, but no one really exactly knew what they were arguing about. And they kept on arguing and yelling and yelling and yelling. And then Cuban shoved the ref. Ref shoved him back. Then Cuban punched him. And the ref punched him. And then they started getting into a fist fight on the court. The owner was fighting with the ref. Then a couple of coaches on the Mavericks started pulling them apart. And then the ref and Cuban started laughing hysterically. And everyone was like, wait, what's so funny? And then apparently, Cuban had paid this, this actor to play a referee, start fighting with him in the middle of the game, and then lose to him, and then let people pull them apart. Yes, Cuban paid someone to get into a fight with him for the audience attention. Sound crazy? I could not agree more. And you might say, oh, I probably had a good reason he was showing someone. Nope, not at all. Just just wasn't April Fool's prank. He thought it'd be hilarious. And I don't understand why he did it one bit. But it was very, very 
funny. So happy birthday to one of the weirdest person and probably most surprising people of all time. Happy birthday, Mark Cuban. Now, before we end, there are two, obviously the NBA is back and the MLB. So now, instead of just saying who we think will win this game, Ryan, which game do you think is more obvious? The Reds pitching Luis Castillo against the Tigers, Spencer Turnbull, or the Houston Rockets beating the Dallas Mavericks? Personally, I've got to go the Houston Rockets. I mean, with James Hard, Russell Westbrook, and that high-powered offense, I feel like they would just absolutely dominate the Mavericks, whose defense is very, very shaky at in on that team. So I've got to go the Rockets. And do not count the Tigers out. I feel like with that amazing offense, they might be able to win. Andrew, what do you think? I just have to go with the Reds. Sorry, Luis Castillo is so dominant. Nicholas Castellanos alongside Shogo Akiyama, Avistas Aquino, the infield, Joey Viles having a great season, Tucker Barnhart too. And I just feel like with the Tigers, not enough firepower. Miggy's too wood, a um, couple guys too young, couple too many veterans. And also, the Rockets are good. But any, but the biggest Achilles heel is going to be Kristaps Porzingis, one of the biggest players currently in the NBA. And the Rockets, whoa, P.J. Tucker guarding him or Robert Covington. Sorry, you're no match for Kristaps Porzingis. And Luka could easily drop 30 or 40. So I got to go with the Reds. But we'll see what happens. And make sure to tune in to our next podcast in just two short days. We will be interviewing one of our friends about the NBA returning. Yes, and we also will have the birthday of his Andrew, actually just said, Christoph Porzingis, who was born in um, a different country and has risen to be one of the top NBA players. And also, we'll talk about the MLB and NBA and the NFL. As always, on Twin Talk, Talk MN. MN.